Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Hey, bartender. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I'm your bartender for the evening. You can call me Dude or you can call me Anthony. This show's been going on long enough. Today, I got a special episode uh, uh, coming up for you because I love having guests on the show, and this guest definitely I wanted to have on the show because she has been recently voted by the Charleston City Paper Best Bartender of 2020. She also works at Zen Asian Fusion. She's been published on the Huffington Post and been very active on the internet, it seems like, and mother of two lovely daughters. Everybody, please welcome to the show, Miss Shanna Swain. Shanna, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. It's an honor to have you, uh, uh, especially since you've been uh, voted in by the Charleston City Paper uh, for Best Bartender. How did that work out for you? Right. Thank you very much for that. The uh, readers of the paper actually were the ones to vote me Best Bartender. And... um, We've Charleston City Papers done it for many, many years, but this is the first time I was nominated and I did win. Uh, so that was awesome. You have to, I think the nomination process is bartenders around the city are nominated. Once they hit a certain number, then they're allowed to be on the uh, final list, I guess. So there's five of us representing the city. And out of those five, I won. Yay. <laughs> so I, I'm excited about it. I, I'm, I think I deserve it. I've been doing it a long time. Um, we finally got some recognition in my area of the town, and that that was rewarding. And it's really more for my following and my guests and my friends. Those are the people who really boosted me to the top, and I'm always grateful for them. Well, uh, well yeah, we'll start the show off by just saying congratulations on that. <laughs> so every show I start off with a drink recipe. To just tell everybody uh, a new drink or your personal take on a drink. Would you please do me the honor of uh, telling me a drink that you like to make or uh, a drink that you made on your own? You've been a bartender long enough. You have to have a personal recipe. <laughs> That's funny. I, I really don't. I, uh, I did some uh, bartending crafting classes during COVID just to help get by. And we did make a strawberry lemonade vodka. Uh, it was delicious. I'm trying to remember what we did. Um, it, I think it was just two ounces of a citrus vodka. And I did, we did um, strawberries. We did muddled with sugar. I was basically teaching them how to craft a cocktail. So I wanted to show them how to muddle. I wanted to show them how to muddle limes. And, I mean, excuse me, lemons and strawberries and sugar. And then basically just use a any kind of citrus vodka or a regular unflavored vodka to put on top 
over over the years, I'm sure I have put together a lot of cocktails, but as far as bringing them into the restaurants I've worked, we've always had an extensive cocktail list, and I guess I just stuck to that. My first 14 years in the business was in kind of a sports bar area, so we're basically slinging lots of beers, lots of shots, oh, and yeah. lots of vodka sodas. Yeah. <laughs> But it, there's nothing I can't make. There's I can obviously I can count, I can measure, I can free pour. So and I know the taste and I know the complexity of liquor. So there's nothing I can't make. I guess I should start doing that now. <laughs> well, it never hurts. Uh, I a lot of people once told me when I first started bartending, you know, try to you know experiment a little. But in this day and age, it's a little difficult to experiment uh, with making drinks because. Uh, majority of the your employers out there are really really concerned with poor costs, so right. it uh, right. it gets difficult. But that's a good point. Yep, that's exactly a good point. But I do love making a Manhattan there and an old fashioned. Those are some of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, I noticed. Uh, I noticed that on your social media page uh, that you're proud of your Manhattans. Um, to you, what makes your Manhattan special? Uh, well, both. I love whiskey. I love whiskey cocktails. And I think um, sometimes with traditional recipes, I'm a traditionalist. Let's put it out there like that. I do love following uh, recipes. But I think the steps involved and adding just one more piece of uh, shot of bitters to it or, or making sure you're muddling the sugar and the flat water for an old fashioned anyway, just right. I, the other day, some people came in and they said they saw the article and it said, I love making old fashioned. So will you make us one? I was like, sure. Are you going to let me pick the bourbon? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go with the Knob Creek or something higher in alcohol content so we can uh, bounce it out with the with sugar and any of the other mixers, but it's so simple and delicious at the same time. And I love them because a lot of times um, people will shy away from whiskey cocktails because they don't want, they're like, Oh, it's too strong, but it's not too strong. As long as you're balancing it out. Perfect. Mm. It's a very smooth cocktail, very, very palatable, very delicious. So I, I'm a fan of those. Yeah. Um, I have to agree with uh, some of your, uh, like you just said, some people say whiskey cocktails are a little bit too strong because uh, when I went to bartending school, they su- suggested one weekend for us to go to go out and just try a drink, you know, pick something out of the list that they gave us and try something. And I decided, well, I like whiskey well enough. Uh, I was a fan of Jack Daniels back at the time. And uh, so I asked for an old fashioned and I got it from the wrong bartender. I'm I'm just I'm not going to say anything bad about the drink. It was, <laughs> it was the bartender and the stuff he had available because, uh, I one I'm pretty sure he used well vodka, or I mean well whiskey, and uh-huh. uh two he didn't have any oranges, so he thought he could just replace it with orange juice. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. Well, it, I'll tell you, uh, oranges aren't a part of the original recipe. Oranges were brought on a little later and um and I guess a resurgence before this last resurgence because you do know like with whiskey cocktails they are on a climb again. They are starting to be trendy again. Um but the la- I would say the last time oranges were uh, incorporated into 
into um, old fashioned. So I don't actually muddle an orange in mine. I just stick it on the side and I let the customer decide if they want to use the orange. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would, uh, well, the fact that you had an orange, uh, in, not yeah, like you had that orange juice, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, so as usual with every interview, we're getting to know, uh, getting to know you and let my lesson listeners get to know you. Uh, when did you get started? Um, I got started with bartending, um, in 2002, around about that time, 2001, 2002, I finished college and I was on my way to working in another sector and I ended up at Manny's and I've been, I started bartending ever since. Manny's is a Greek American restaurant. They just, sadly, they just closed their doors, but after 27 years, and I was there for 14 years of that. So um, it, it was a great little restaurant. It was mostly all regulars. Um, I ended up bartending day bar and night nighttime because at a place like Manny's, we were busy, and in Charleston, we were busy all day long. Mm. So slinging drinks in Charleston doesn't just start at five o'clock for happy hour. <laughs> It's 11 a.m. Yeah. Um, so I started there, worked there 14 years. There was a fire behind the bar one fateful night, and uh, there was no more mayonnaise for me. Oh. So I went to work at uh, Zen Asian Fusion, and I think mayonnaise did open back up like a year and a half later, but I stayed. I'd already built my clientele at, at Zen. I was making really good money, so I decided to stay there. Everything happens for a reason. Sure, you know? so sure. You got to listen to. Now, you said the first restaurant. What was the name of it again? Manny's. Manny's. Greek American. Uh, yep. You said you said it's a Greek restaurant. Uh, were there a lot of Sambuca shots? I'm just curious. Uh, there was a lot of Sambuca shots, uh, but Greeks like to shoot ouzo. Sambuca is Italian, yeah. right? Um, and Greeks like to shoot ouzo. So there was, but... Manny's was a unique place in that it was a Greek American restaurant, but it was also like sports bar. So we had 46 TVs. We had all the football games. If you wanted to come watch football, that's where you did it on Sundays. So mm. uh, we had, we had a great and diverse clientele. It was in a neighborhood. So like five or six neighborhoods were there all the time. I made a lot of friends, a lot of longtime friends who followed me from there to Zen and some of them didn't even eat Asian food, but they know they wanted to hang out with me. So right. they came in the Zen. Yeah. That's what, uh, that's what it's all about. You develop a good customer base and, uh, right. then, uh, they'll follow you pretty much anywhere. Right. Um, so, uh, just to get, uh, get a little current. How's your, uh, how was your quarantine? Quarantine was weird. Um, it was the first time that, Folks in my industry and myself uh, were vulnerable like that. Uh, we've been through recessions, depressions, hurricanes. We've been through all of that. And we've been largely untouched until this. So a couple weeks went by and I realized that we were not going back to work. And that became depressing. And then I realized I had to do something about it. So I, um, I went to real estate school. I'm almost done with my real estate license. I have my exam. Thank you. I have my exam on the 8th. I, my girlfriend told me that she, she was enamored because she said, you reinvented yourself during this time. I said, I don't have any choice. Like, I have kids. If I can't make drinks, 
I got to figure something out. So I would cook for people if they needed it. I went to real estate school. And like I said, I would host cocktail crafting classes, teaching people classic cocktail and teaching them one fun one that we made up. So, so you were, uh, you started kind of an independent bartending school. Yes. Well, sort of, it wasn't a fish, but there were, there were crowds of people who wanted to get jump on zoom and learn how to make drinks. So that lasted for only like the last month out of COVID. And uh, then I had to get to work. So, yeah. Uh, so you're back at work now. Yes. I'm back at work. Um, and I bartend tonight. Yeah. It's Sunday fun day. Yay. Yay yeah. Sundays, <laughs> Sundays can, well, you're, we're out of football season right now, but Sundays can be a hit or miss once in a while. If I remember right. But, well, yeah. I don't work in a sports bar anymore, so I don't have that problem. Sundays are one of my busiest days. Well, that's it. Oh, yeah. cool. Um, 85% regular customers, so that's awesome. Yeah. So tell me about your customers. Uh, what brings um, – oh. I mean, you said you have a huge uh, array of pe- different people there. You know, Tell us a little bit about yes. it. Um, our customers, my friends, my guests are – amazing people moms dads older people young people people who are who genuinely um trust me to steward them on their meal during their cocktails they trust me to make sure their food is always right make sure their drink is how they need it it's if people think that bartending is making a drink putting it in front of the customer ringing it up taking some money and there are some people who can survive like that, but it's not me. I'm a, I'm a people person, sometimes to a fault. And <laughs> my customers are also that kind of person. My customers are the people who crave a server or a bartender who's going to take care of them. So we have, I mean, I, I take care of, and I mean, my regular base, there's no color that's different. I have all, all walks of life. Um, uh, cultures. Well, we're all one culture as far as the South goes. I mean, we, for the most part, we all want to come in and have a good time, have a drink, have, have food, but we, uh, we're definitely a family. There's no time. If you came and sat at the bar that I work at, there's not one time out of the day that I'm not going to introduce you to the rest of the bar there. Well, Mm. now there's only eight people up there, but normally there's 14 people sitting at the bar. Everyone is going to know everyone else by the time they leave there. Because sometimes I get too busy and I can't just be the only one talking to you. So I need to make sure that we're all friends, everybody's friends. And there's a lot of networking that happens when you have times like that. I, you have to. I'm going to have to send you some video of friends hanging out, talking at the bar. You would you would love it. You'd be like, God, this is just like Cheers. Everyone says it. If a new person comes in. That is the first thing they say. It's just like cheers. I'm like, yep, that's, that's what we pride ourselves on. So well, that's, I'm proud of my friends. They are my friends. And yeah, I would, I would do almost anything for most of them. Uh, that's something that I never really strive to do. I mean, I talk to people, I, uh, and you know, tried to be entertaining and stuff like that for the customers, but I never really thought about ever introducing, Hey, Hey, talk to this person because you got this in common or anything right. like that. Uh, uh, that's, that's pretty amazing. Uh, so it kind of takes the pressure off you a little bit. That's kind of cool. It does. <laughs> and they, and it, it, what it does is solidify your guest list. What These people say, well, yeah, are you going to be back next Sunday? Yeah, I'll be back next Sunday. Yeah, we'll come hang out. I'm telling you, it works magic. 
it really does work. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so how did you learn the bartending trade? Uh, I was thrown into it. I didn't even know that's what I wanted to do. I went to school for political science, ended up working for two brothers. I worked at the Greek restaurant and I worked as office manager on a political race. And that's how it all started. Uh Um, So back in those days, and I'm old. So back in those days, Charleston had many bottles. So they were 1.75 ounces. So making drinks, like multi liquor drinks were kind of hard for us to do because they'd all be really, really strong. So if you're making a shot like a Royal Flush, you could make like four of them right there, or they're going to have a really strong two of them. <laughs> now, you can't close a mini bottle and put it back up. Yeah. Uh, so, you were serving drinks with mini bottles? Oh, yeah. we. I'm, I'm that old. And that South is- Carolina was one of the last states to have mini bottles. So we, uh, mini bottles were are like the ones on the plane. They're 1.75 ounce. And you know, most cocktail recipes come with much less alcohol in them. Mm-hmm. So I started bartending with mini bottles. Uh, I started bartending when they were smoking in restaurants. You know? so, well, yeah. So. Um, I, uh, I'm probably close, uh, close to your age. I'm 43. And, oh, okay. I'm 41. Yeah. Okay. So I'm older than you. So I, yep. when I bartended, they smoked in restaurants, but, uh, I bartended in Oregon. So we used full size bottles okay. and, and plus it was just at the introduction of air bubble tops. And I hate those things. I, uh, yeah. I curse those things every day, <laughs> but, uh, you mentioned a drink called a Royal flush or what was that? Royal flush. Oh yeah. It's a shot. It's uh crown Royal peach schnapps. And cranberry, and I have just a smidge of OJ to take that bite off that cranberry. But it's really tasty. You should have a uh, that. Now, see, even I'm dating myself now because that's an old school Charleston shot <laughs> <laughs> from like 15, 16 years ago. Where that's all good. It, it tastes good. But I'm saying it's a multi liquor drink, mm-hmm. so uh, it takes two parts Crown, I think, and then one part Peach. You, it, it would be a little skewed when you had mini bottles. So it, that part was different, but then I, I don't remember how long it was. till we got rid of mini bottles and went to free pour. Um, it, it's been years. I don't yeah. know. I can't remember when. Yeah. Uh, just, you ran across a, uh, across a drink real quick. And I was, I don't think I've heard of that one, but uh, so there's, there's a bonus drink for my listeners right there. Yay. There you go. <laughs> So as of currently, you work at uh, Zen Asian Fusion in Charleston, uh, South Carolina. Um, what's uh, you said? The atmosphere changed. You no longer work. In, you used to work in a sports bar, but this uh, this place is different. Uh, so yes. tell us about the atmosphere of your bar. Okay, Zen is just like the name. It's a very chill place to be. Uh, very elegant. It is. Uh, when the owners opened it, they wanted a place that was as close to white tablecloth as they could get without being in downtown. Downtown is our area where all the, if you know Charleston and you know the makeup and the layout of uh, food and bev and hospitality, hospitality is number one industry in Charleston. Besides the medical industry, it, it's pretty large. It's, yeah, probably large, as large as F&B. But hospitality is what drives Charleston. So having said that, food and restaurants are huge here. Mm. So that was another awesome thing about winning that award was that 
There are so many talented bartenders <laughs> in Charleston. I mean, hundreds. It could be thousands. I don't know the numbers, but it's a lot of talented bartenders. So uh, the where Zen is, Zen is in West Ashley, where I live. It's a suburb of downtown. And we tried to get as close to white tablecloth without having to be a fine dining restaurant. But it's Asian food. So we have a sushi bar. We have we represent Chinese food um, in the south and the north. There's um, a little bit of Thai food on there. There's a little bit of um, uh, there some Filipino influences. There's all kinds of Asian fusion. But we do it with elegance and grace. Um, the tables are beautifully set up. The inside of the, the decor of the place is so beautiful. So we, we tried to create um, a moment of zen where you're here to enjoy yourselves. Everyone is taking care of you like you're at home um, and you um, just feel happy and, and very pleased. So that's what zen is. And we try to embody that with everything we do. So I think adding me to the roster five years ago, it might've brought a lot more laughs, a, a, a little, la a little louder service. Cause I'm definitely uh, boisterous, but it, it still lends to the Zen feeling of, of being able to be taken care of and felt, um, and felt good. So you're very much a people person. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and I'm great. very matronly. I'm the mm -hmm. oldest of seven. And I have two children of my own. So if you can imagine what my life is like at work and at home, I'm used to serving other people. <laughs> yeah. It uh, sounds yes. like, um, yeah, if you don't mind, uh, why don't, uh, why don't you give, give us a little bit of backstory on yourself? I, uh, I mean, uh, we've pretty much informed everybody a little bit, uh, on, uh, uh, your bartending career and, uh, I'd, uh, and your work with various internet, um, where were you, uh, where were you born? I was born in Orlando, Florida. Oh, really? <laughs> but we, yep. Um, uh, my parents didn't live there for long. We left there when I was five and we spent a little time, both of my parents were from Georgia and we spent a little time in South Georgia and then my parents divorced and my mom moved five of the children here. So we've lived here since 1988 and I'm 41. So I say I'm a Charlestonian. Uh -huh. So, yeah. And I have, like I said, I have two kids. I'm the oldest of seven and the shortest of seven. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, we're a fun bunch and all of us at some point in our lives has worked in food and bev. So we are definitely a family who is in tuned uh, with the industry. We are a family who's in tune with, uh, taking care of our of our servers and our bartenders, and we're in tune with taking care of the general public. We, I would say that my family uh, really loves to be of service to their community. So um, we try to keep that up, and I keep it up with my kids too every single day of their lives. So, so having all of that combined with what I do. You can imagine how the following gets to be really large. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I admire that your whole family has worked in the service industry because all of us bartenders, servers, cooks, everybody that's worked in the service industry, we all believe that everybody should spend at least a little bit of time oh, yeah. in the service industry just <laughs> yeah. so they understand what we're going through. and. Right. Uh, because then you get the, what's uh, social media calling it nowadays, Karen's, 
or right, the, yeah. uh, what's the male equivalent of that? Brian? I, I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, that guy, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you get those people that just have no clue. And, uh, but when you've actually spent time in the restaurant industry, you understand that maybe that, uh, the server's a little bit busy. Maybe something happened. You don't need to yell at the server if your food's wrong because it's not the server's fault. All that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes. I admire that that your whole family has uh, attempted to, uh, or at least are, um, right. working in the service industry. Right. For whatever reason, just that's the reason that I've come up with. That. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, yeah, we have. I mean, if I were president, I would mandate that everyone has to work in some sort of service or hospitality for six months out of their lives, and then they would understand how. Because the people who work in service industry a lot of times are looked at socially as being like the bottom of the barrel. And we know that isn't true. Most of us are highly educated individuals. Mm. We've gone to college. We realize that we make more money in food and bev that we, than we might in um, other aspects, especially where I live in Charleston. Um, so we're human beings too. Even if we didn't go to school, even if we aren't educated, we're still human beings. And to do, the job that we do requires a very skilled and intelligent individual to be able to balance. Um, I told my girlfriend this and I wrote it down one day. I said, if I see a hundred people in um, a matter of two or three hours, that means there's a hundred individual personalities that I have to master within two minutes of meeting them. I don't have much time to be able to understand who I'm dealing with. I have to make sure I know how to suggest food if they don't know what they're looking for. I have to make sure I know how to suggest drinks, make sure I time everything correctly. All of these things have to form into a perfect storm for me to get what I came for, and that's my tip. So if we can't achieve that, then we've lost the customer at some point, and I'm not trying to lose any customers. I'm here to retain all the customers I can get. So I turned that $1 tip or that $2 tip into a $100 tip in two years because they know that I'm here to take care of them. Of course. And that's my philosophy behind taking care of my guests. Now, you mentioned personalities. I've uh, I've always maintained that there are 7 billion per- different personalities in this world as of right now. And you're, uh, you know, to some of the people out there, there I basically say there's 7 billion different personalities. You're bound not to get along with at least one of them. Mm-hmm. Now, what of is, uh, what is your, uh, method to uh, get along with your customers? Because you feel like when you're a bartender, you have to get along with your customers. Otherwise you're not making money. But uh-huh. what is your method with people that you just, you don't know, or they're just really hard right. to get to know? Oh yeah. There's plenty of those, but I've been doing this almost 20 years, and I say you take the good with the bad. I, I'm i able to let things roll off, not like when I was young and sensitive, and every rude comment somebody would make to me, I would either respond or I would you know, cry in the back. Nah, nowadays, I don't care, because I realize, and this is a study on human nature, a lot of things that they're going through have zero to do with me. Yes. So I'm here to make your drink. If I realize that you're not going to come onto the Shana Banana crew and you're not going to hang out with us for a long time because you don't jive well with what's going on around here, that's awesome. I'm going to make sure you have your food, your drink. I'm going to thank you on the way out. 
I might see you again. I might not. You'd be surprised. Some people just aren't like bubbly like me and they're just not, they don't really, but that doesn't mean they're not enjoying what's going on. So a lot of times uh, your tip will reflect. They'll be like, I'm like, oh my God, these people hate me. I'm getting a dollar. I cannot do this anymore. And then at the end, they're like, you're really good at what you do. And then they hand you, you know, your $20 tip. And I'm like, oh, well, that's awesome. Cause I couldn't tell with how we were, <laughs> how we were talking to each other. But then, then you have the ones who just don't care. These are human beings that um, aren't blaming you. They're not living a happy life. They don't believe in tipping for some reason. They don't think you should have their money. They don't care if you have money. They don't care if you uh, have money to take care of your kids. They, we have those too. But I'm, I'm in the age now where I don't put much stock into those kind of people because it doesn't make me or break me. Them not being happy, them not tipping me is not the end all be all for myself. Right. Like, I have tons of people who are going to make up for that. I, I, I make I make good money and I have great customers and all of those things are mean way more to me than the than the jerk that try to come in and ruin my day because you're not going to like <laughs> I've been through hell and back. I've been through a lot in my life. So your bad mood ain't going to affect me at all. <laughs> That's uh, I th- probably that attitude is the reason why that uh, you were uh, voted best bartender t- of 2020 in Charleston. That that <laughs> is an amazing story. Thank you. <laughs> um, just because I've never been to Charleston, South Carolina, um, tell us a few of your, your favorite things about that area because uh, I know nothing about Charleston. Oh yes, we can talk about this all day long. I love <laughs> Charleston. Um, I love. There's a lot of political things that people say I shouldn't like Charleston because I travel this whole world. I love to eat. That's my that's my passion behind bartending is I'm a foodie. But mm. I've been to a lot of places and they say, oh, you're from Charleston. You're from that slave town. I'm like, well, most towns in America are slave towns. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is how this is how it's done. I I love my people. I love my culture. Even the buildings that they say are built by slaves. We, I'm still proud of them because my ancestors at some point helped put that stuff together. So Charleston is full of all that stuff. I started that story to say Charleston is a very historical um, town. Mm-hmm. We have buildings that are up that are three and four hundred years old that tell specific stories about uh, where we're from. Um, I found out, like I said, I'm not originally from here. I was not born here. But I found out just last year that the the earliest person that we can trace from my family, I'm getting choked up, was born in Charleston as a slave. Really? So there's a re- yeah, there's a reason why we came back to Charleston, not even knowing that we had our roots here. You brought so, it back full circle. That's cool. And, and my mom had no idea. And we find all this up. And I, that's why I love this place even more. But in Charleston, it's a water sports place. We have water everywhere. There's a bridge to get to everywhere. Uh, Like I said, food and bev is king. There's a restaurant for every kind. We have a lot of Charleston restaurants that sell what they consider traditionally Charleston food. Uh, We have tons of seafood restaurants. On another note, when we're like talking together, I'll tell you which ones are good and which ones are bad. (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, We have a lot of... um, 
old places to visit, like I said, the historical, but we also have like the Angel Oak Tree. It's one of the largest and oldest oak trees in the country. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. These are things that I try to point my customers to go do every day. My favorite piece of of, of the world, actually, of the, the most beautiful thing I think I've ever seen in all the places I've been are right at Edisto, which is 45 minutes south of where we are now. Um, Botany Bay is a place that you must see when you come to Charleston. Um, downtown, like everybody's going to push you downtown. The Battery is where the Civil War was started. Mm -hmm. So you can go down there and see that too. And just, uh, you know, a few short blocks is where all the nightlife and the food and all that is. So Charleston is rich in uh, history and culture, even the negative parts of it. But there's got to be a way that you can spin it to make it look positive. Everything doesn't get to say everything isn't good. Mm. But there's enough of good here that I choose to raise my family here. Yeah, I um, uh, thank you so much for uh, saying that you can. Uh, there's the negative that you can spin into a positive, uh, because that seems to be uh, very important in this day and age uh, of considering all the things that are happening right now. Um, that it's kind of a subject that I've somewhat avoided uh, on my podcast because. Like going back to September 11th when I was uh, when I was a bartender, uh, people were kind of coming into the bar angry because thing because uh, the twin towers went down and uh, they were uh, trying to wanting to go out and find the people involved uh, involved with it and you know just angry and scared and all that sort of thing. And all of a sudden, I took on the responsibility. I've got to entertain them. I've got to calm them down, make them happy again, because they're lost and they're scared. Are you running into that uh, at all? Oh, yes, very much so. But um, like I said, most of my customers and guests are regulars of mine. And a lot of them are social media friends of mine, too. Mm -hmm. So they know where I stand. I, I am, I am, I'm not as political as I used to be, but I still have very definite stances on social issues and I'm very diplomatic about them, but I'm not afraid to uh, impart them on anyone else. So at the bar, we can all be cursory when we talk about social justice issues, but I'm not really going to be the one to bring them up and I'm not going to indulge you in them because at the end of the day, I'm here to make money. I know a lot of uh, my friends and, and we a lot of times we don't see eye to eye on that. And that's okay. As long as you respect my position and I respect your position. But I don't want to bring it into our Zen feeling. We, uh, we're here to create, you know, a feeling of happiness and a feeling of um, serenity. And so it's not going to be brought there. Not saying that we don't talk about politics occasionally. But like, like now with the COVID stuff, customers, some customers are coming and they'll be like, oh, you don't have to wear a mask around me. I say, well, this ain't for you. This is my <laughs> employee. My employer says this is compulsory. And even if it weren't, I would wear it. I have kids at home and I have a mother who's 65. They ain't got nothing to do with you. Okay. Right. <laughs> so let's just, let's leave it at that. And what else can I get you to drink? Because right. <laughs> well, I don't have time to sit here and discuss. Like, I'm really busy. Like my whole life is busy, so I don't have when I do have time to tell you what I need to tell you, I will. But it, it definitely has its own block of time. Like I don't, I'm not going to mix it up. Well, one of the things that is most popular that everybody, uh, all bartenders agree on, is you don't talk about politics in a bar ever. 
And is that difficult being a, uh, being a political science major or. Yeah, it, 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 it is sort of, but like I said, with age comes wisdom and there's yeah. some things I just don't care. You know, I'm 20 years into this now, so we have so many other things. And personally, I can't believe I haven't brought them up as much, but my eight-year-old and my five-year-old are, are huge topics of discussion <laughs> at the bar, and they've kind of replaced the politics for me in my life and at work. Mm. I don't, I don't care. As I mean, I guess I should care, but as long as my kids are okay, the crazies up in Washington, y'all can do whatever you want. You know, I, yeah. I don't. I used to really love that stuff. I used to really absorb it, and I noticed it was a, a source of a lot of stress that I had. And I don't need that stress now when I have these kids. So at our bar, we talk about, seriously, we talk about everything in our son. We talk about fun stuff. We talk about kids. A lot of us are parents. Um, we talk about sex occasionally. You know, I mean, these, we're all grown ups. So we, we have so many other things to, to talk about than to waste our time talking about things that we probably can't control in the first place. Right. Uh, and it's always fun to talk about. Uh, well, I don't. I personally don't have any kids, but it's a. Uh, it's fun to talk about kids, no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My yeah. kids are kind of fun. You know, they they do a lot of stuff. <laughs> they're involved in a lot of things. So uh, yeah, we just have fun at Zen. I, I mean, I'm trying to think of if there are any like really bad times, and and there really have not been in five years. Like I I love what I do. I love working there. It's odd that I'm saying this because it's sort of the, it's the dusk of my career in, in um, food and Bev. I, I am going into real estate and I am phasing myself out and it's only because of an age thing. Like, like my, you're talking about my shoulder and my back and my knee, things are starting to hurt on me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I know it's because of the hustle and bustle. And like I said, I love what I do. I'll probably keep a bar shift or two on, but, I am going to transition. I'm using my same exact skill set and I'm moving to real estate. So, and real estate is also a huge thing in Charleston. Oh, oh yeah. So I'm taking my customers and my guests and I'm just moving them over to here and hopefully, hopefully it'll translate well for me. <laughs> but uh, being a parent and being a bartender at the same time, uh, you, uh, I've known tons of, uh, tons of people who work in the service industry who are trying to support a family and working in the service industry at the at the same time, it sounds like you're doing just just fine. Your your kids are uh, aren't giving uh, aren't giving you too much of a headache right now. You said that your uh, before we started this podcast, you said that your back is hurt hurting and they're not jumping on the bed with you right now. So <laughs> no, they're asleep. <laughs> I let I'm I, and I'm a single mom too. Um, I it's just me, but my well. It's not just me. I can't say that because it takes a village, but my mom helps me watch them. I'm lucky enough to be in a restaurant where we're not, we're not open late. We're not open until 2 a.m. So I can get home to my kids. I'm lucky enough to also have a schedule that allows me to um, be at their events. I work Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I don't really work a lot during the week. Um, my daughters are eight and five and they it, it's so interesting when I take them out to eat because we are, we go out to eat. Well, we don't go out to eat much anymore, but before COVID we went out to eat a lot and 
they're already learning how to treat servers um, with respect. Mm. You know, they don't, they say, may I please have, and they make sure they don't make a mess under the table. I don't blame kids when I see things like that happen. It's usually, especially when they're young, it's a parent thing. Like as a parent, you are to teach your children how to respect others, especially people who are handling their food and drink. Mm-hmm. Like these people work really hard. And I noticed that my daughters are really, really in tune with making sure their, their uh, customer, I mean, their servers are taken care of. My eight year old even gets to the point where she can see how happy a server is making me. And she says, mom, I think we should ask for the manager. I'm a big person. I, I, I ask for the manager almost every time I have great service. I would say 98% of the time I have great service. I ask for a manager because in our industry and you, you've been in it, we're too used to getting complaints. Mm. And I, I'm not going to, I mean, if there's a complaint that's due and warranted, I will be constructive about it. But almost every time I get good service, I'm going to ask for a manager because I, I can give it to them in the tip, which I do, but I want somebody above them to know what they've helped them do in this restaurant is working. And this person is an asset and they need to be treated as that. So I, I make sure, and my and my kids, they are right on board. They're like, mom, I think we need the manager. They are great. I'm like, yeah, they are awesome. Oh, <laughs> so. well, uh, there, that all of a sudden triggered a bartending memory for me. Uh, and I wondered if you could relate to it. There was one time uh, t- uh, two parents had a newborn baby, maybe two months old, three months old, something like that. And every time they sat down at the table, the baby would start crying and get fussy. So they mm-hmm. felt like that, okay, we're going to have to take shifts eating. So one of us has to walk up and down the restaurant holding mm-hmm. the baby. And for some reason, something clicked in the back of my head. I went into went into the refrigerator and got pulled out some strawberry daiquiri mix. And mm-hmm. uh, now I used I used the blender that uh being uh, being who I was, I hated using the blender. So this was yeah. how big of an emergency this was to me. Yeah, I only gave him a small um, rocks glass full of strawberry daiquiri mix, and I walked over to the table with the spoon and handed it to him. Yeah, and the father immediately sat down, took uh, took a small spoonful, and then uh, put it in the baby's mouth. All of a sudden, the baby was quiet, not fussing, and opening its mouth, right. waiting for more. And right. Uh, both the parents looked at me with extreme relief saying, right. thank you. <laughs> right. So you thought outside the box. Yeah. A little and bit. And that's what our job is every single day is thinking outside the box because no two people are alike. And what you did was you recognize a need and you addressed it yes. right then and there. Now, if their babies keeps crying like that, then they might need to decide. Maybe we see me when my babies were little. <laughs> If I tried to bring him in a restaurant, I asked for the check as soon as the food was dropped because I'm like, no, nope, we're hey, because they only have a little window. Kids only got a little window. <laughs> so once they start that noise, oh no, we got to go. But what you did was amazing. I, and probably the baby was a little older than three months old, probably like six months, seven months. Possibly that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because if they're wanting that sugar, they're probably a little older, but. You saw a need and you went to it. And I'm telling you, you probably made really, you made return customers, unless you were in like a tourist district. They probably thought about you and they probably told somebody else to come see you. Uh, Good on you for that. Well, it wasn't even my table, but yeah, they were. uh, Oh, see, you're even better. Now (laughs) I love you as a person for doing that. Yeah. (laughs) 
yeah, they weren't even my table, and uh, but uh, they did come back on a regular basis, uh, right. sem- semi-regular. But they, right. it was like they remembered the restaurant and they remembered right. the service they got there, and that's and what's they, important. Right, and they remember the feeling that they left with. Everything's mm. about feelings. I mean, I, I, um, I, what you brought up just then makes me think about. What the layout of our restaurant is, I'm in an actual lounge area that's separate from the restaurant. We have a little wall that separates us. But when drinks are getting made and I notice that the servers are really busy, if I have a minute, I probably know those customers too. So I go run their drinks for them. I'm like, oh, Shana, thank you. You did not have to do that. I'm like, yes, I did. You want your drink too. But that helps. Some Some servers would be like, you don't have to run my drinks for me. I'm like, you don't understand. It's about retaining the customer for the restaurant. It's not just about you or me. Mm. We're here as a team. We're here to all do the same job. And they're going to they're gonna love you and they're going to love me. And ne- maybe next time when they get to sit at the bar, they're going to come sit and hang out with me. So it's not just about that. We're just here to retain our customers, make sure they come back, make sure they have the feeling of being taken care of and wanted. We're going to take a quick break from our interview with Shanna Swain, uh, Charleston's bartender, Best Bartender 2020, uh, to introduce this week's musical guest. This week's musical guest uh, comes from Great Falls, Montana. They're currently uh, on the tour and promoting their brand new full-length album called Join Us. So if you'll help me welcome to the show, this is America's Liquor Down Band with their single Flash in the Pan. I work so hard to be a 
Once again, from Great Falls, Montana, that was America's Liquor Down Band with their single, Flash in the Pan. If you want to find out more about them, you can find them on uh, Facebook and Instagram in America's Liquor Down Band. They also have their own website. Uh, it's liquordown.com. Uh, you can go there, find more of their music, find out where they're playing next. In fact, as I'm speaking right now, according to their Facebook, they are playing a show. So go check them out. That uh, uh, This is their debut album. I fully encourage all of you to get out there and support them right now. But until then, let's get back to the interview with Shauna Swain. I used to think it was really important that the my coworkers and I got along and yes. we're almost family, at least as close as we could right. could be. Um, right. What's your crew like? Ah, we are family. We're small in number. Well, let's see. So there's two. There's two kitchens. We have sushi bar in the back of the house, and they're all. Chinese. I work in a Chinese restaurant. Um, and then we have the front of the house, which is small now because we're at 50% capacity. So we don't have a lot of servers, but we're all close. I'll say, I love to say that I work with a bunch of professionals. We're all grownups. There's not really a lot of young kids and there's no offense to, to young kids serving tables. It's just a different dynamic mm-hmm. um, uh, where we are. And then, and then our support staff, they are A1. They're all high school students or early college. They all have their head on their shoulders. They all work for a restaurant who's – our restaurant is is fun to work at, but it's strict. I love the culture um, that I work in because I was able to learn another culture, that, meaning the Chinese culture. But you're there to work, and you're there to do your job, or you got to go. So I love the fact that we are full of professionals, and we are all like family. There's nothing that – anybody won't do for the other if we could you know that that's legal at least <laughs> so <laughs> so we're we're all cool everybody's fun like with that when i when i was campaigning for the best of charleston they helped me share my info of course you know they shared it on their social media when my daughter was in a um a scholarship contest where i had to sell ads i got the most amount of money from my coworkers. so that that that's how we are we're all cool yeah that that's awesome yeah. uh because uh, cause it makes customers feel more comfortable, doesn't it, when uh, yeah. when your crew uh, all yeah. gets along? And- oh, yeah. And we're a well-oiled machine. That What I love about Zen and what gets clouded at a lot of restaurants is that, oh, I may be the bartender, but I'm also here having to answer the phone, take to-go orders. I'm also having to – I might have to run back on the line and, you know – and um, make a pizza, you know, like <laughs> it, it gets clouded on what you have to do. As Zen, I'm a bartender and that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's bussers and then there's hostess and then there's food runners. Everybody got their own job and oh. it makes it so much easier. It's a well-oiled machine. Yes. Now is Zen Asian Fusion, is it a corporate style restaurant or? Nope. Oh. It's only one restaurant. Yep. The oh. owners are there every day. <laughs> oh, nice. But yeah. uh, is it like, uh, uh, when they're not there, you're in charge or uh, there is no time that they're not there. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's their job. Yep. And I, and that's why I love it. When I, you the one good thing about food and bed, when you clock out, you leave that stuff at work, you mm. don't bring it home. And then it definitely does that for you. So yeah, no, I don't, I only have one job and that's a bartender. Granted, I have leadership because I've been there a while and then, you know, um, uh, other servers and, and hosts, they come and ask me questions, but I don't make any decisions. Not at all. Oh, okay. 
uh, a lot of the times uh, in most situations it became when the owner or manager wasn't there for me, I, uh, yeah. I ended up being in charge. I had to That's make, how I was at Manny's for me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you had to make the decisions on uh, yes. how to serve the food or, you know, who right. gets, who gets a drink, who doesn't. And, right. And then right. after a while, uh, there was one bar that I only worked at for about six months. And my second day, they were asking me something. And I'm like, how the fuck should I know? Because yeah. <laughs> I've been here two days. <laughs> but yeah. Now, when it comes to like cutting people off and, you know, right to refuse, I just simply go tell a manager and I say, hey, I cut them off. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and they support me on that. You know, that, that's one thing about Zen. And we get a lot of support from the manager. They understand that we know what we're dealing with. And there's a there's um, uh, a communication thing that goes on, too. The owners are from China. So we have managers who are Chinese who speak English and who speak uh, Fujianese or, or Mandarin or whatever they need to speak. So we all get along that way. But Zen is a great place to work, and you can make killer money if you know what you're doing, if you want to be a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, What's their... Uh, specialty dish that they have there because I'm I well maybe it's early in the morning and I'm hungry but uh, I'm just yeah. curious. <laughs> uh, we have sushi and we have kitchen food so sushi the number one seller is the West Ashley roll um, my favorite is the fantastic tuna the West Ashley has like crab shrimp salmon tuna whitefish avocado the uh, fantastic tuna which is my favorite like a flavor explosion. It's got kimchi sauce and pickled jalapeno, tuna, shrimp, avocado. It's fantastic. On the kitchen side, all of our traditionals are good. Shrimp and broccoli, sesame chicken. They're delicious. But my favorite is the flavor of Malaysia. It's a lemongrass pepper sauce. Oh, it's dynamite. Lots of mixed veggies. It's a wok, it's a wok dish. And that one's excellent. The black bean sauce, the basil sauce. We have delicious food. Uh, I was a customer before I came to work there. So, <laughs> the, food, so the food is awesome. Our fried rice is banging. Oh, good. That's, <laughs> yeah, that, that didn't help. I'm still hungry. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, uh, according to your social media page, you did some publications for the Huffington Post. I'd love to know more about that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, in 2015, I became single. While I was pregnant with my second kid, um, our second kid, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They belong to both of us, I guess. <laughs> um, I started writing as therapy for myself because I couldn't really afford a therapist. And I started writing and I ended up submitting a piece and they accepted it. And the day they accepted it was I had just started at Zen. It was New Year's Eve of 2015. And not only did they accept to publish a piece, they put it smack down in the front of their um, HuffPost parents page. It was called mm-hmm. The Meaning of My Motherhood. And I just talked about what it, what it meant to me to be a mom of these two kids that I was charged with taking care of. And uh, it, it was heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking about it now. And my girlfriend, she's a writer, she says, if your writing brings tears to your eyes, it's a strong piece. And now even just thinking about writing that piece. So for the next two years, they had a forum or a platform that they invited me to publish at will. And it was not just me. It was thousands of other, of other writers. But if you made it on one of their front pages, you, you did 
really, he did some really good work. So out of my pieces, half of mine landed on uh, front page. I have two on the Huff, front page of HuffPost Parents. I have one, which is funny, because you'll love this one. It was called Six Ways a Bartender Trumps Your Therapist. <laughs> and that one landed on their front page of their comedy section for like six weeks. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, so you have to look that one up. It was pretty funny. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I had like two large uh, fingers worth of Jameson before I wrote that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it worked out good. I landed on their um, <laughs> on their media page, and that one I actually share a lot because it was, I think it was nine reasons to avoid arguments on social media. Mm. Um, so I've written a, a little bit of a lot of different things, and I had a little success with it. Granted, it didn't pay me, but other jobs I've gotten since then, I can technically call myself a, a freelance blogger now because I've gotten several paid jobs since that. Oh, very so, cool. Um, yeah. Uh, I also, I think, uh, what the, one of the greatest things that bartending has brought to my life and enriched me is that it gave me a perspective on human nature that, like I said, I did go to school for political science, but to be smacked out in the middle of learning about human nature, because everybody wants a drink, mm -hmm. it, it helped me, uh, gain a, a unique perspective on, on life in general. Mm -hmm. So I, I love what I, I do because it has helped me understand my fellow humans um, in that. And it also made helped me capitalize on that, too. Sure. So yeah, you meet um, millions of different personalities and uh, you start to learn uh, what people are like. And you, all you have to do is just stand back and observe. And bartending right. is the best place to do that. Right. And, and if you're smart, you'll do it because you want to keep those customers. Right. That's the name of the game. Right. <laughs> Um, well, uh, it's about time to wrap up this show. Uh, okay. thank you so much for being on the show. Um, thank you. You, uh, you've really proved that, uh, you pretty much hit the ground and you never stopped running. You're just constantly yeah. <laughs> improving yourself. And I, I'm very impressed and, uh, uh, admire you completely for this. Um, that means a lot to me. Thank you for saying that. Um, like I said, uh, uh, your Charleston uh, City Paper naming you Bartender of the Year 2020. Congratulations hugely for that. Um, Thank you. Uh, is there anything that you want to extend out any information to uh, other bartenders and servers that are hopefully listening to my show uh, or any advice you want to give to them? Yeah, well, we're going to share the hell out of this on my side. I know that. <laughs> but if there is any advice I would give to you is that don't be discouraged by small tips. They always get bigger if you take care of your customers. Um, don't be um, sad about maybe some bad relationships you made over time. There are always someone to fill that void and to make your job and your life validated. Also, own what you do and love what you do because... As far as you're concerned, you're the best at it. There's no failure in trying. There's no failure at, at um, striving to be better. And we make the world go around bartenders do. So own that and be proud of what you do and just keep rocking. I don't know. Just make all the money you can because that's the name of the game, <laughs> making the money. And, you know, keep, keep, 
keep keep your head up. And sometimes shit gets hairy, but in the end, when you're clocking out, you sit down with your shot of Jameson and your beer, it's all water on the bridge because the next day you get to start it over and you get to do a totally different thing with totally different people. So kudos Definitely. to all of you bartenders out there. And thanks for having me on the show. Um, if anybody, uh, I'm sure there are probably people that are going to probably want to get a hold of you uh, uh, after hearing about all this stuff. Uh, is uh, how if people wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do it? I well, I love Facebook friends. Y'all can Facebook me. I'm I'm just plain Shanna Swain S H A N A S W A I N. Also, my email address, if you wanted to email, is Shanna Zuri S H A N A Z U R I. That's my first kid at gmail dot com. And yeah, I'm always happy to talk to anybody about this because I, I love life and I love what I do. And, and if I can help you love, love what you do, I'm here to do that. So, All right, people, it is last call, last call for alcohol. So come up and get your orders. Cause I'm not walking out there considering I'm nowhere near you. Uh, that joke's getting old. I got to think of something else. Anyway, uh, got to uh, give a special thanks to uh, Shana. Shanna, Sh- Shanna Swain. I was, I think I've been getting her name wrong this whole show. Shanna Swain for being on the show. Uh, Charleston's best bartender of 2020. Uh, a lot of stuff she said was very inspirational and, uh, you know, opened my mind up to a lot of stuff. I hope it, uh, worked out for you guys too. Uh, also like to thank America's liquor down band for, uh, reaching out to me and asked me to put their single on my show. I was more than happy to do it. Go check them out now. I'm sure they've got a lot of other great stuff. Uh, I've only got the sample that you guys got. I'm going to check out some more a little bit later. And uh like to thank you guys, the listeners, for keeping up with Hey Bartender Podcast. You guys are awesome. Uh, quick th- couple things. Uh, head over to www.heybartenderpodcast.com. And go check out some of the Hey Bartender podcast swag. Pick up some swag and help support the show. As of right now, until the end of July, I'm doing a promotion where if you uh, put in the promo code uh, the dude twenty on checkout, it will give you twenty percent off your entire order at checkout. So go go to HeyBartenderPodcast.com and go see if there's anything you like. If you want to follow us on Facebook or Instagram, it's Hey Bartender Podcast. I'm also on Twitter, but not really that much. Hey, bartender P O one. If you want to email me, you got an interesting story. You got a drink you want to share or you're a band and you want to get your sound out there. Feel free to email me dude at Hey, bartender podcast.com. And we can make that happen for you. I love hearing from fans. I love hearing, uh, everybody's stories. I love getting comments on all the Facebook and Instagram posts. Uh, Considering mostly during the week that I just put up goofy memes uh, to make bartenders laugh. Because that's uh, what I like to do. I like to make people laugh almost uh, to the point where I even I think I'm getting a little annoying. Isn't that weird? But like I said, thank you so much for listening. Remember to get on to iTunes or Podbean or Stitcher. Uh, comment, rate, uh, share, like, subscribe. Uh you know, help, uh, help me out, uh, help support the podcast. And, you know, I'd love to keep doing this for you guys because I'm having a really good time, especially after talking to somebody, uh, somebody like, uh, Shanna Swain. Uh, she, 
really interesting, and she had a lot of really awesome things to say. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you all for listening. Uh, this is being posted on the 4th of July, so everybody, I hope you're all being careful out there. And uh, don't blow your finger off, uh, blow any fingers off with any fireworks because you're drunk. Trust me, your significant other will thank you for that in the, uh, later. So, uh, yeah, don't drink in firework in, you know, just because, you know, funny things do happen to funny people that, uh, funny to the people that are watching you. You might not think it's funny a little bit later. <laughs> so, anyway, that's the end of our show. So, I've got to wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's let's go? I just got...